and the um, encouragement to I- explore the, uh, th- these periods as also kind of times of practice. So uh, oftentimes uh, when this one is speaking and, and listening, um, the mindfulness is not so strong and sometimes the loving-kindness is not so strong. So it's quite interesting to kind of take this as a field of practice. Like, What is it to have the whole thing uh, be held in kindness, the way one listens, the way one uh, speaks, the way one holds? As I said, someone else is questioning. Um, because this is our life. We, we spend time listening and speaking. So, seeing it like that. Uh, so there's a few things here. Um, Most of these questions I don't understand. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the people unfortunately have to say something. <laughs> um, of course, I, I still might not understand them. <laughs> I try. Um, does anyone? So we'll get to these certainly. But does anyone want to ask either someone who wrote something or or someone who didn't and anything? So there's no particular order we need to go in. Um, I had some really difficult stuff come up this morning and um, since then it's just been incredibly hard work and um, I'm just being really irritated and frustrated and a lot of self-doubt and I can see all the f- I can see it all sort of there and happening and but it's such bloody hard work um, And I'm just not sure what to do with myself. Okay, um, there's a lot, of, and then the, the self-judgment comes in on top because I'm not managing. You know, even the phrases, I'm just getting really pissed off with and irritated, and you know, and then I'm criticising myself uh, for not just carrying on doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. This is hard work, you know, really. I mean, if it wasn't, you know, it would be easy. Everyone would be doing it, and the world would be a very different place, you know. Um, So you recognize this pattern? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, what's helped in the past? What's helped? Can you remember times where you've... Where this this kind of constellation has come about, and and something, something has, uh, see a lot of things are coming together, getting constructed. And sometimes it's a matter of, okay, which which piece can I this time? Which piece can I just move a little bit? And in that construction, it's like, because everything's holding everything else up, 
you understand? It's like the self-judgment. It's not a neutral thing. I just happen to be self-judging. It's actually making a big impact. So maybe remembering from the past, or is there a piece now that feels like I might... I mean, do you remember anything from the past, instances from the past where this has opened up a little bit when it's when it's come up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm struggling to remember specifically what okay. pieces you know, I know yeah. things can just shift. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like I don't know, things just come to a time and then they shift. I can't I can't think of things that I particularly do. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what this process, you know, feeling doubtful about myself is it's like yeah. feeling ineffectual yeah. so it's trying to yeah. see outside that box yeah. yes, okay and then, <clears throat> I mean I don't know what, what the right answer is for, for you right now um, we were talking yesterday about first of all just seeing it as, as a confluence of conditions You know, very easy is that I am ineffectual I'm not doing it right I, 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 I versus this other way it's just a lot of conditions have just come together in terms of views and reactions and energy levels and etc., co- all compounded together in creating something. And, and it's slightly different. It's like, well, which conditions can I um, perhaps, you know, influence in, in some way? Um, I mean, sometimes, it, sometimes one just needs to take a rest from practice, you know, and just stop banging one's head against the wall. I don't know. Going for a long walk, perhaps, or you've done that already. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what about the focusing? Continue. Yeah. Mm. Have you tried it or not? A bit. Uh, I sort of not wanted to. Sort of no, no. It does. No. Um, this is important because the, are people familiar with this practice of focusing? Yes. No. Okay. Well. Maybe Isla wants to sum it up in a sentence, or or I could, it's up to you. It's, it's about identifying um, parts of oneself that are, that are formed, that struggle, that are having difficulty. Actually getting into dialogue with them from a place of being with and presence and kindness. Okay. Yeah, so, um, in a way... Uh, I mean, do, do people get that? It's like like r- relating to oneself in a different way and what's going on um, in a different way, you know. I mean, that to me, uh, just a, it's falls under the umbrella of what I would call insight meditation. Certainly, it also falls um, easily into the third basket that we were talking about, you know. So, here, you know, here's the the sale is everything's going fine. First basket, second basket, you're staying with it. It's not quite happening. Third basket, no. Uh, what was it? Let's trim the sale and all that, and it's like. Um, <laughs> so now I'm going to remember. <laughs> um, I thought it was, it's like I need to relate. I need to find a helpful way to relate to the difficulty. Okay, and what that is, there's a huge range. I mean, we could talk days and days and days just about ways of relating to the difficulty. So, say if if one says, "I'll just be mindful of it," I mean, that's the sort of first option of an insight meditator. But sometimes just being mindful is not helpful. 
one needs to check, well, is this just being mindful, so-called? Is that actually helping? And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And if it's not, it's like, well, what else does it need? When you do the focusing, a a lot of things are happening with that. Um, You're relating to something that might previously have been unrelated to. You know, it's like by, by dialoguing with something, you're actually starting a connection. There's also kindness there because you're dialoguing. There's honesty. There's room for whatever it is to express itself. You know, it doesn't get pushed out or, or rejected, etc. Um, there, there's a dynamic that's starting to happen. All of that. Um, all of all of that is is part of relating to this in a way that's that's helpful. Do you think it might be helpful? Yeah. I think there is part of me when you when you've been saying over the last you know couple of days. Oh, well, in this stage of the retreat, we need to be kind of leading into this and doing that. So there's part of me thinking I should be. Yeah, know, but th- that stage of the retreat started at the beginning. It's more that. Um, so this is this is a. I understand. This is a. This is a. Uh, may sound like a paradox. I want to try and express it as, not as a paradox. We have these three baskets, and there, you, as I said, whenever it was, you cannot go wrong. It's impossible. When you're focusing with, with, in this stuff and you're dialoguing with it, there is kindness in that relationship. You know there is because you've been there and you've done that. Dialoguing with it, listening to what this uh, element, this character inside you, what it says, what it wants, what it expresses, what it needs, all of that, just the listening is kindness. Never mind even your response to that. The honesty is kindness. The opening up is kindness. The relating is kindness. So that's very easily uh, a form of loving kindness. You know, it's not the "May I be this? May I be that?" The phrases, etc. There is a time when when the phrase is not appropriate. They're just not what's helpful, either because there's a difficulty, or sometimes because because things have got so quiet, the phrases are just the wrong thing. You know, so there's always this responsiveness. And why was trying to add with that is um, sometimes there, there, are, there are times when we feel like we have a choice. We feel like it could lean a little bit this way, it could lean a little bit that way. And at those, at those times when we have a choice, for this kind of retreat, so this is a very particular kind of retreat, another retreat we would say they're all three, you know, whatever. And sometimes we might even say lean towards the difficulty. Come on, find, find the difficulties. Keep, keep rooting them out. But this retreat we're just kind of when we have the choice, we're a little bit prioritizing that for the sake of the trajectory. But I don't know, does that sound like a paradox? Maybe it does. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I think just, just you saying it's like when you have a choice, it's like at the moment I don't. Yeah, exactly. You don't. And so it's like that's the, that's the skillful response. Right now, there isn't a choice. Right now, we're clearly in rough seas. Right now, the wind is blowing, you know, there's uh, sea monsters and all kinds of stuff. And, and that's the deal. Okay, so we don't have a choice. We do the sensible, sensible thing, you know, and that is the expression of kindness right there, you know. I mean, I'm saying three baskets. It's really, you know, it's, it's an artificial division in a way. So all of this is learning. All of this is is cultivating kindness. All of it is cultivating insight and wisdom. It's all it's all there, and I I really, I really really feel that you can't go wrong. It's it's kind of as, as long as you're bringing that willingness and that kindness in indirectly in that way, you, you're doing exactly the right thing. 
Ja. Um, do you have a sense right now of, or perhaps you need to, you know, try and see, but of of what the characters are that you need to be talking to there? Yeah. You do. Yeah. Do you want to share it? You don't have to. I'm just curious. But you really don't have to. There's, um, there's quite a few. There's, um, there's, there's a part that's been really, really pressured. Yeah. And then there's a part, the part that's creating pressure. Yeah. And then that part's very frightened of missing out. The part that's creating the pressure is frightened of missing out on... All, all sorts of things. Okay. But it's also got a history of loss. Yeah. So yeah. it's in a lot of pain. Like, it's feeling the pain of its loss and it's um, frightened of more loss. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the main yeah. character. Yeah. 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 And then there's the shoulds and oughts that come right. on top. Right. Kind of aware of them. Yeah. They sound quite important to me as well. Yeah. You know, they're they're powerful uh, players in that in that dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so there's a lot there. You know, and. Uh, once we, <coughs> like if we relate this to emptiness, you know, it's like when you're focusing, uh, I think we said this in, in terms of a couple of people's questions, you know, a thing, whatever it is, a body sensation, um, uh, uh, an inner constellation, inner character, an inner dynamic, it, it doesn't exist, nothing exists independent of what I'm bringing to it. Once you start doing the focusing, you're actually bringing that kindness. And you know it's like when you have a friend or someone who's having trouble, you bring kindness in, usually it softens things up, you see. So um, it's not, once you you find the way of of relating like this, you don't even have to force the kindness, it will be there. It will be the natural self-compassion. Kindness affects things because it's changing the relationship with things, which changes what, what manifests. You understand? Um, yeah. So is there more coming from that, or no? Um, partly why I asked you if you remember, because I I know too that you've been through this now, you know, and been through this now, you know, and it might be interesting. Um, this time you will come out yeah. to write down. What was it that seemed to help? You know, so because things are not random, uh, we don't. Uh, sometimes it's hard to see what causes a difficulty and what causes, you know, the, the, the dissolving of a difficulty. But actually, it's not random. And there, there will be times when we just don't know. It just seemed to come and just seemed to go. Um, but over time, we begin to notice um, what kind of things are helpful, and it's good to, you know, uh, s- start kind of clocking that. Um, but you're not forcing anything you're just doing your usual process with the focusing and kind of it, it begins to you know, just by virtue of showing up there it begins to un- unravel you know, tell you what it needs to yeah Focusing, um, 
meta been kind of a form of listening. A form of listening, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons I'm not keen on the phrase, because it feels like almost like I can listen to squash mm-hmm. rather than to listen. To listen to the phrases, or listen. Not to listen to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I just that just came to me, and I just that appeals to me. Which methods listening? Yeah. Can everyone hear that? No. No. Um, do you want to say it a little louder, or should I, should I say? It? No, I don't Try. Just from that dialogue, I was thinking about meta, a form of meta being listening, and um, rather than speaking, and um, yeah, I don't know what else I said. Uh, okay, so what 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 would you be listening to? Um, in, in a situation like that, um, to myself, um, but also say I want to give you meta kind of open to you and listen. It makes me think of that Mother Teresa quote. Which one? Um, someone asked her what she did when she prayed and she said, I, I uh-huh, listen. Uh-huh. And what does God say? And she said, God listens to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then before the interviewer could say anything, he said, and if you don't understand that, I can't explain it to you. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so... Um, it's it's really important to see that there are m- there's there's lots of ways the meta can express, and in a way this relates to the question you asked the other day. Y- you may have favourites, um, but sometimes um, there's something for <laughs> uh, opening it up in ways that may not feel that natural to you. You know, so there, you're quite right. There's something about listening and listening to yourself and listening to another and. Uh, and then the kind of mystical li- listening and silence, which we haven't really talked about much. Um, but there may be something also about about doing, which is different. So there's, you know, listening, and there's also doing, and they it might be just interesting to play with both. You know, it's like here's my here's what I gravitate to, and then sometimes I just do the different one. <laughs> um, uh, when I say a phrase, I can also be listening. That's quite interesting, because you can say a phrase and have a sense of, even if you're saying it to yourself, of giving something to yourself, and you can say a phrase and it's almost like, just, just listen to the echoes of it, listen in that way. So there's, there's all kinds of shades and subtleties here, which might be interesting to explore. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> Oh, yeah, except as you know, I'm not actually doing the method phrases. Um, are, are you suggesting that I start to do them? No, I'm... Su- no. Uh, well, um, no, in terms of what we talked about and the devotion and stuff, no, I'm not suggesting... Mm. It's more in terms of the big picture of... Okay. I think a big... And maybe a general response, it's like, if I know that I always lean this way and I have a resistance to doing something that way, um, that's good. You know, go with what what one's ease is and one's strength is. And then at a certain point, it might be like, well, sometimes we learn the most from go- doing practices that we don't naturally feel drawn to. It's quite interesting. They tend to, like, open up pockets of us that we that we kind of... One part of us is, is happy to keep, you know, shoved in a corner and not, not really unfolded. So. Yeah. Okay. Um... Shall I try one of these? Um, 
Is it common for metta to slip into craving? Do you have any advice, Ari, how to sensitively handle it? I'm not sure who that's from. Me. Julia, yeah. Can you say a bit about that? Well, um, well, one of the responses I've noticed from doing metta, I suppose it's a kind of excite, a warm excitement. Uh-huh. And in that state, I've noticed that there's a kind of a kind of a, a sort of a wanting that kind of comes out of it, mm-hmm. even on a general level. So if it's near the food time, it's like, whoa, food. <laughs> so so almost a bit like kind of going into maybe a slight, slight high or something like that. It's, it's hard to do. So you're doing the meta in here and you're conscious of the time and it's getting to lunchtime and somehow when the meta's going well it seems to trigger more desire for lunch or, or food or, or... I mean, when it is near lunchtime uh-huh. then, then as I'm going towards the food then I notice that. Or, but it would be kind of a general state so I might sort of be attracted to anything. Uh-huh. Anything, okay. you know, sort of a general kind of. Is is the attraction painful? It's kind of a mixture of exciting and. Is it painful? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay, so so it might be worth checking that out. You know, because. Um, it, it might be that what's happening with the matter is that things are opening and softening, and in that, um, I don't know, just life energy is, is coming out and exuberance and excitement, and that lands on what it sees and what it contacts with a kind of delight, which is, I don't know, different than craving. Like I, Craving has this sense of lack in it. Lack, I don't have enough, I don't have enough. And as such, it's a kind of, there's, there's an inherent pain in craving. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, I need, I need, it's, the Buddha is, says it's un- unquenchable. It's like a thirst that's unquenchable. Um, and it feels a certain way. If, if we can get caught up in imagining we're going to get what we want, and, and we don't actually, but if we pay attention to the actual feeling of craving, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not a happy state. It's off balance, it has a sense of lack, a sense of poverty in it, a sense of a constriction, tightness, all of that. Um, so it may be that there's some of that in there. It may be that um, something else is going on, and it's more said exuberance, delight, enjoyment of relishing, um, which could be just the, the you know allowing yourself to have more of that. I, I don't know, but um, it might be interesting to explore the mm. state a little bit more without any preconceptions mm. or even calling it anything like mm. craving or this or that. It's like just, a, oh, there's this, like what's what's telling me that I have this? Is it thoughts about food? Is mm. it a sense of delight? Is it a sense of, you know, uh, and actually exploring what that is and um, seeing, you know, rather than, I don't know. Does that sound okay? Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, just based on what you say, I, I can't tell, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it might be a little bit of a mixture of could two. Be. Could be, could yeah. be. There's a lot of exuberance. If yeah. I go towards it, yeah. then there's a, ooh, yeah. I'll have yeah. some more in there. Sure, yeah. And, uh, um, it is quite, it is difficult to also to explore because sometimes when the matter just gets going quite strong, that itself can be a bit uncomfortable. Why, how, it seems a bit how? Difficult. It's a very strong feeling mm-hmm. that 
feels a bit yeah intense I yeah yeah very yeah. good yeah um it can be you know and and i'm really glad you brought that up um so uh i mean a number of things could be happening there there's a strong feeling it's a bit intense and it's almost like um a slight rejection of that feeling comes in and a craving for something else you know feeling of wanting some relief yes exactly yeah um the heart is is being pushed open a little bit with the meta practice, and sometimes we we we're not used to bearing that amount of sort of openness or energy moving through the heart, moving through the energy system, all that. Um, it gets easier with time. In other words, our capacity just grows and and grows generally. Um, Two things. One thing is, in in the sitting, it might be, when it feels intense, you might want to think about just imagining or somehow uh, creating more space inside for this intensity. So almost just imagining your body is bigger, or, or imagining it has more space to open, or if it's energetic, it's like imagining the channels, so to speak, inside. They have much more room, so they're not constrained that way. Um going to more sense of spaciousness because what happens is if it feels intense again like physical pain like we were talking about sometime um, there's a sense uh, what happens is the consciousness constricts around it and that mm-hmm. creates pressure it's just the same with heart heart stuff mm-hmm. uh, even if it's good heart stuff you know it's just too much uh, it feels like it's too much and giving it lots and lots of space and you actually realize oh actually I can tolerate this mm-hmm. I can tolerate that's one thing. And the second thing is also paying a little more attention. Um, if we go back to this idea of in in the energy body or in the emotional body, it's rarely just one thing going on. It's usually a mix. And so in this intensity, which very easily can be felt as a little bit unpleasant and difficult, um, there's also loveliness there. And very easily the attention gets sucked into just what's difficult about what's going on. And it's almost like, again, having a bit of space, stepping back, and, and refinding the loveliness in it, which might be uh, not obvious at first, you know. And that, that r- kind of allows you to soften around it more and allows it to, to be there more. D- does that make a difference? Uh, make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah? If you're with the loveliness, then or the, to the degree that you can be, that will affect the craving. In other words, I don't need to crave when I have the loveliness. If I'm cutting off from the loveliness because it's, it's all got shoved out because the whole thing's too intense, I'm cut off from the loveliness and I start craving things outside. And that's why metta is so significant in terms of, like I said, being able to let go generally. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's a matter of um, navigating and... and Finding the right relationship, even with the pleasantness inside. So, kind of looking for aspects of the experience that are lovely. Exactly. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, and that they might be going on at the same time. So these different frequencies at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you know, nowadays the air is full of all these different uh, radio signals and email signals and wireless and da da da. And it's like, which one am I going to tune into there? Um, and when something feels difficult, like too intense or painful or whatever it is, we just go there and it's almost like just give it more space and, and find the, the, the more lovely, the more soft frequencies. And, and actually 
that will fill you up and that will affect the craving too. Yeah. Um, but space is a big is a big thing here. And slow, you know, this takes time. Uh, generally, for most people, it's like the the, the capacity to uh, bear even even what is, you know, certainly what's difficult, but also what's lovely. You know. Did it? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um. Very good, yeah. And just saying, I love you. Good, beautiful. Which is just a, a different message. But in terms of what you were saying earlier, it feels much more like compassion. Uh-huh. It doesn't feel yeah. so, it feels like yeah. seeing yeah. the pain and it's yes. just kind of. Yeah. So that's excellent, that's perfect, absolutely perfect. When matter meets pain, it, it naturally turns into compassion. It just turns into compassion, and that's fine for our purposes. You know, then when that that's happening, like like Ali, you're in the third basket. Then you're meeting what's difficult, um, and the uh, it it will naturally and healthily, and it's exactly the right response for it to turn into compassion. No, no problem there. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, absolutely spot on. That's great. And there was also just one word in what you said as well, and I meant to say this was Isla, so thank you for saying that. Something also happens when you're focusing and when you're doing that, it creates a kind of um, space around what's going on. There's almost like a separate, instead of being just entangled in something and no sense of where, you know, any sense of separation from something, there's a kind of healthy separation, a healthy distance that comes in, um, which is, it just helps the the thing, uh, helps you relate to it and helps it calm down a little bit because you're not so in the middle of this thing, completely entangled. Yeah, it, it very quickly kind of... I, I, I notice that it very, you know, it can very quickly just sort of feel like oh, it's just the same anyways, you know, it's like doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I said that the other day, yes. it's kind of very, it's like, oh, nothing's yeah. different. Yeah. I guess that's just that wanting it to be different, yeah. trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Just, I guess, using the insight as well to accept that it's just how it is. Yes, very good. And two things there. So this is really important. You know, um, if you can also kind of a little bit bigger is realizing that this thought—it's the same again. It's the same again. Well, that's um, uh, that's something to recognize. That that's that's a kind of habit of thought. You know, that's the habitual thought that arises when this feeling arises here. The habitual thought is that. So it's part of the constellation. Actually seeing that, it's like, you know, here's the pain, then you can actually expect it. Where's that thought? Where where is it? It's going to come up. You know, it's part of, almost like making friends with it and realizing, once I begin to see it as as a habitual thought, it begins to lose some of its power. It's just, well, it's it's the normal thing I expect um, I expect the mind to say when this is there. I just expect it, and I don't necessarily, as time goes on, I don't necessarily have to believe it. It's just a thought. 
Well, what does it mean for it to be true? This is, it's what's implicit in it? It's, it's never going to change? It's the same as it? What's well, it doesn't seem to change. Okay. Um, what do you mean by change? Because... The intensity. Okay. I, I suppose actually sometimes the intensity does, does change. Yeah. And sometimes it's more emotional, sometimes yeah. it's more physical. Yeah. It does change. If we look at, we'll get onto this in a few days' time. If I look at something carefully, what looks like it's not changing is changing, and the mind, uh, in its, um, well, in its reactivity and in in moments of reactivity, in moments of delusion, just says this is this, that's it, and it's never changing, and it's just a block of whatever it is, depression or da da da, and it's just that. And actually, if I look more carefully, it's got lots of change in it. And that, that begins, that seeing of the change begins to lighten the sense of burden of, of something. A little bit. Um, what's the other thing in there? Um, and then when I, when I go to bed at night, it's, mm. like, it's almost like, oh, you're not practicing anymore. Like, woohoo, here we go. And it's like, it really kicks off when I go to bed. The, the feeling it's kicks off. Pain, yeah. You know. Okay. And I just think I just can't keep It's probably not true, but it just feels like that. Yeah. It, it isn't true, it is, but that's okay. It's like you're in a process of getting to, to getting to see that. Um, You know, sometimes it's like addressing the pain and sometimes addressing the totality of yourself. It's like, here's the pain, also here's me trying to deal with this pain and having a sense of, you know, uh, the weight of it and the burden of it as well. Meeting that with compassion. when it feels like the way you're seeing it is helping yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. to take to take some faith from those moments, mm-hmm. it's going to come back. It's going to come back because because the energy system has just gotten in a groove. That's all. It's gotten in a groove. It's like a record that just keeps slipping to this place and, and, and goes in that. But, but if there are times... Where in the practice, when you feel, when I relate to it this way, when I see it this way, when I bring in this quality, it loosens it. 
then it's actually you can really take faith in that. It's beginning to it's really beginning to dissolve it. You know. Um, one of the things that's making this weigh much more heavily is is the time elongation. Okay, it's been so long. And then the projection is it's never going to end. And so instead of just this moment, you're then holding this, you know, this beam that's going, stretching all the way out there and all that. And it's, it's way, way more weighty. So one of the um, possibilities in practice is, is kind of just to snip off the past and the future. And, and kind of just in this moment, it's just this moment. It's just this moment. And... Even just doing that creates less of a sense of burden because I've just got this moment to deal with. And then within that, like we talked about working with some spaciousness and compassion, it just brings a bit more lightness. And then not not neglecting that there are those moments of lightness because they will start... At some point, the balance will tip. It will tip. And then this thing is around... Uh, how can I say? It's, it's absent more than it's present. It, it, will, it will tip like that. Um, but at the moment the mind is believing this it's never going to change and, and going into this elongated time thing joining all the dots you know, past to present to future um, versus you know, at the end of a day or whatever, actually seeing there have been lots of times today when it's softened and it's softened through what you've been doing in practice and what you're developing in practice and slowly the confidence builds Slowly, it's like, but starting to believe that more rather than the habitual thought which says it's never going to change it's not changing, it's never going to change which actually isn't true it is changing, you are finding ways to change it and you don't know the future <laughs> um, so over, over time we start believing different thoughts in the mind we don't, th- those old habitual thoughts don't have the same um, power to ensnare us in, in believing them that's the thing so this question about what am I believing on an insight level as well is quite important. Yeah. Understand? Um, and you know, you're midway through a process and it's there's a lot of pieces here that in this unfolding. development, positive views, because I, I had kind of experience like, like that yesterday during the guided meditation. It was very energetic, very bubbly, and I felt like goose people all over me for uh-huh. minutes on end, and nice. then this, this kind of heat. Uh-huh. And the, the words that came to me, that normally I don't like phrases, and I only use two because I don't, but suddenly the phrase giving, the word giving mm-hmm. came to me, and came giving, giving, yeah. and I had this, this vision of light as well. Yeah. And it's, up, after when I went for the walking meditation, first of all, my body was, seemed to be more looser, mm-hmm. perhaps. But then I think, okay, it was a nice experience, mm-hmm. but why, how can I draw on it from a learning point of view to be more compassionate with people or say more nicer, general? Oh, 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 what was the last one? more compassionate with other people or yeah. more, you know, interact better with people. Is there any yeah. lesson to be done? Um, uh, pa- partly, 
this stuff is working um, just as a reprogramming the heart, okay? And you don't kind of need to do anything more with it, partly. So it's like, you just trust that you just, even if, even if you have no pleasant experiences at all, and it's just, it just feels like a grind, just feels mechanical, I'm just, you know, going through this, it's still working on, on um, changing, like, the habitual grooves of the mind. Instead of just the mind being a little bit, you know, aversive or just kind of indifferent, it starts bringing uh, kindness in as the more habitual place where the, where the mind rests, that, that with that stream of intentionality. Um, when the body, that's why I emphasize the body as well, it's not just going through the mind, it's also going through the body energetics and the nervous system is also helping that to happen as well. Um, in terms of actually reflecting on it, um, I mean, two pieces occur to me right now, there's probably many, but I'll just say two right now. Uh, one is sometimes, sometimes, um, person does these practices and feels, and it could it could be even when things are really difficult, doing the metta practice, not necessarily in a moment of real, like it feels really easy, one feels a sense, um, a sense of the power and the importance of kindness, like that this is so, um, is so crucial to our lives, it's so crucial to the world, and there's a kind of devotion to kindness. If, if that makes sense, a devotion. We realize this is this is one of the most important things. This is what I put my faith in. This is what I love in others, and this is what I want to get behind. And a sense of um, letting the being, kind of the really deep intentionality in the being, align with that devotion. This is what I want to serve in my life. This is what I want to. Now that may or may not look like a practical plan, I'm going to do this, that. I don't think that part is so important. If it's very clear that you have this idea, um, then maybe to align with that, you know, exactly this, I'm going to go and, whatever it is, volunteer or speak differently to a friend or whatever, listen different, you know, whatever. But I don't think necessarily, uh, oftentimes the practical piece is the most important. Oftentimes it's that devotional sense and letting that get really deep. And one, one feels it kind of, almost like something planting the being in, in, in really firmly. It's a direction in, in terms of the heart's aspiration. It's planted really deeply. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. The only thing is, I, I, uh, normally I'm very against anything to really just do something at all. You know, mm-hmm. I resist it terribly. So I haven't really felt emotionally, I haven't connected with experience very strongly. It was more like nearly physical. Yeah, yeah. But now that you're speaking about it, uh-huh. I can see that I, uh, perhaps I can draw some much strong motivation yeah. somehow yeah. and link it with yeah. something deep, mm-hmm. emotional. Yes. But at the time, it didn't yeah. feel like okay. that too fast. Really. Y- yeah, okay. And like I said, it, I'm not sure it has to be at that time necessarily at all. At that time, yeah, there's maybe too much going on in the body. It might be at a time when you're really struggling, but you just know that you're on the right track. This is really hard. I'm not even feeling very good, but something in the heart knows this is this is what I'm I'm motivated towards, you know. Um, and yeah, for some people, people it's a religious feeling. For some people, it's just a practical sense of what what they're what they want to move towards, etc. But that, you know, it may be that at some point that emerges and feels natural. The other piece has to do with something I wasn't really planning to talk about much on this retreat. Um, 
well, I was more waiting to see if it came up, but um, we've touched on it already, and we touched on it in the last question and answer period, and at several times. Here I am, I'm doing the metta practice, and I'm going in and out of different states, and sometimes it feels great, and sometimes it feels completely the opposite, and I'm actually feeling angry, etc. Sometimes I just feel completely bored and disconnected and tired, and I move across this spectrum of states, and beginning to notice how the perception changes when I move, when the mind state moves, how the perception changes. So it change the perception of myself changes, and the perception of other people changes, and the perception of the world changes. Do, do you understand what I mean? So if if, if um, here's this, let's we start with a neutral person today. Here's this person; they're just neutral, and one starts. Um, giving the metta to them, and when there's metta around, they start looking beautiful and radiant, and one sees the, the uh, do, you, you understand? Uh, one feels them as a friend, you know, when it's really going well. And begin to see, eventually that even happens with difficult people, it's like, I can, inherently, they're not this way or that way, I can decide to see people as beautiful, because that's part of the emptiness of, of how they really are. Do you, do you understand? It's, is it making sense? Yeah? Um, do we need the light on in here? Is it getting a little sleepy? Or? Is that okay, Ella? Oh, okay. There we go, thanks. Um, so, this takes a lot of meta-practice to, to, to begin to see this, a lot of meta-practice. Um, we tend to, to believe our perceptions. This situation is like this, this person is like this, I'm like this, the world is like this, my life is like this, da-da-da-da-da. And, and um, beginning to see, no, there is no way things are. This has to do with emptiness. Now, there is no way things are. We are basically free to shape our perceptions. Inherently, we say, this thing has no inherent way it is. It's empty of that. And begin to see, gosh, I can... Uh, I can. It, it, it lacks that inherent existence. I can shape it in different ways. If I shape it towards everyone's cruel and out to get me and they're all monsters and blah, blah, blah. well I'm going to have a pretty hard time of it if I shape it towards here I am in, in, a, in a realm of divine beings and Buddhas and angels and, and, and uh, I can s- see people's uh, beauty and their, their divinity in a way I'm going to have a very different experience so I just start to see well it it's, goes much better if I shape it that way so there's, there's one insight there just about what brings me more happiness out of that comes more um, more happy and more helpful actions. But there's a deeper insight into just the inherent emptiness of things. Um, so you could start, if you want, exploring that a little bit. It, people are different. It might be quite early to explore that, or it might be just, oh yeah, that's obvious to me, or whatever. But eventually that's really one of the main main gifts of metta. It, it, it's part of what explodes the whole, uh, dissolves the whole intuitive sense of that things exist independently of the mind, that people exist independently of the mind, that our relationships, that I exist, all of that. And, and really start, um, 
feel, getting a very heartfelt, intuitive um, insight into the non-separability uh, of, of, of reality. There is no reality separate of the way my mind and my heart are colouring it. And I get to decide, am I going to do this, or am I going to colour it this way or this way? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's a possibility too. You know, I mean, there are probably many more, but there's, there's a little to get on with. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, giving meta to a neutral person does it show me that meta is not just giving to what I can relate to? That is beyond what I relate to as I. That it is beyond giving. Is this where you are guiding me? Um, what well, can you explain that a little bit? Mm. I think you just answered it. Oh, did I? Okay, good. Um, any more, or that's that feels okay? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, sure. Okay. Uh, Hannah's just going to put out your tea. So, um, please say more about your two years meta practice. What did it involve? What benefits did you notice? And how and when did they manifest? Um, <laughs> 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 I'm not sure I can remember. <laughs> um, what to say? Well, do you want to say a little bit what's behind the question, Penny, or, or is there? I just feel really excited about because uh, having done a few weeks of my practice outside, you know, and feeling it's amazing power. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I just feel really excited about you know. I don't know whether you did that. Or continuously, more or less, for two years, um, with retreats in between, or you know, uh, um, you know how 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 actually the, the practicality of it, and also um, you know whether whether it was sort of well, the kind of beneficial effect kind of crept up on you, or you know, <laughs> what, what, um. what kind of you know. You know, why you kept going for two years, basically, I suppose. I'm a stubborn mule. <laughs> um, um, I, uh, I don't remember, to be honest, um, whether I was doing other... I can't remember. Uh, I remember what kind of thing I was doing in my life at that point, but I, I don't remember whether I was putting other retreats of other stuff in between. But um, I definitely remember feeling at the time that there was some benefit. I mean, it was palpable, as I said, walking down the street and feeling the relief of... Um, what is it to have this kind of stuff go through the mind and be kind of what the mind is is gathering around, rather than just the you know, no- noticing the difference on just the usual stuff that goes through the mind. Even that was like was really quite lovely. Um, so definitely feeling, f- definitely I was aware of some benefits. Um, but you know, so much in practice, it, it sometimes it's hard to say when the fruits of things come. You know, it's like one just gives oneself to practice and fruits come all the time and obviously meta interacts with insight it's not like you can tell I start to feel freer 
and I can trace where that feeling of freedom comes from in the mix of practices that one's been doing. Sometimes that's very obvious, um, and sometimes it's just it's just less obvious. But certainly, I was aware, even in the moments of doing it, that this was um, one one could feel as you know people on this retreat going in and out, feeling ah, oh, this is nice, you know, and feeling the relief uh, of of that and the spaciousness it created as well. Um, Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, or, I mean, in terms of w- if you're if you're wanting to explore that, you know, well, you've got a lot longer on retreat first. But, um, uh, absolutely, that's something we can talk about, and and would be really beautiful, you know. And especially if we go back to Sophie's question, you know, we used to do um, actually the, when this sort of parallel retreat program started, we started it, uh, and it was called loving kindness and compassion as a path to awakening. And what I wanted to introduce then was this idea that actually there's a lot of really, really deep insight into emptiness that comes from metta and compassion practice that generally people were not aware of. They tend to think, oh, it's a kind of, you know, it's good if you're kind of having a hard time, do some metta, and, you know, then you can join the big boys and do insight practice kind of thing. And... Um, uh, Actually, one realizes that it, it feeds directly into the emptiness insights. So there's ways that um, you can develop that. Uh, I suppose, uh, as well, because I um, told you about this, because I've been doing this gratitude practice for, for the past four years, yeah. um, just a little bit, you know, uh, in the evening, uh-huh. um, it, had, it had, has actually, and I noticed it doing... Um, doing the Rambhaha's uh, practice. Amazing impact on the practice of, you know, developing appreciation and so on. Yeah, good. And so I, I feel encouraged by that. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, what, what, yeah, thank you. So, so, I think going back to this idea of the habits of the mind, and oftentimes we don't tend to look at the mind that way, and actually seeing... Uh, that I tend to have these habitual thoughts or these habitual responses or these habitual ways of looking at myself or the world or situations or others or these habitual intentions. So, all, you know, it's not a complete truth, but one way of looking at it is just there's just all these habits and some of them are, are so habitual we don't even see them as habits. It just It's just, that's the Im- climate that I'm used to. Some of them are, are really quite deeply entrenched and so what happens if, if a practice, if I do a practice like metta once in a while, it's going to have some effect. But if I start doing it over and over, or gratitude practice, just keep, keep putting that in, you start really beginning to change the habitual grooves of the mind. And that's enormously powerful. There's a real deep kind of reconditioning going on, as you, as you saw with the gratitude practice. And, but it takes kind of doing it and doing it and doing it, and that's where the faith comes in. And one can... I feel one can begin to feel that at some point, but even before one does, it's like just having faith in that. Partly, partly the insight that, that the mind is at one level a collection of habits, it's not a very nice way of seeing them, but actually it's quite a helpful insight, because if it's habits, it means that they're not, uh, what's the word, that they say hardwired. Do you understand? They're, they're, it's like... Um, it was put in there somehow, and and they're not hardwired, and they can be they can be changed. It's just a habit. I can replace it with another habit. This habit was strong. Eventually, it will just this one will be strong. You know, but sometimes even people say uh, with the with the meta practice, 
gosh, you know, sometimes it feels so dry and mechanical. I'm just like, yabbity, 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 yab. You know, the may I be this and may you be that. It just feels like rote, like mechanical. And actually reflecting a little bit, if you've got an inner critic, you know, how rote is that? It just, <laughs> how often have I heard that message before? It's mechanical. Just put something mechanical in that's, that's great. You know, that's, that's actually much more helpful. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a way of seeing the mind that's not particularly attractive, maybe, but actually it has, it, there's a lot of um, you know, potential for change there, which is the re- potential for, for, for reshaping. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. No, no, anyway, it's, it's great. Okay, yeah, good. What is the I don't know. Penny, do you want to share a little bit? Beautiful, and and what what happens uh, again because so much is tied in with the habit of ingratitude, which we don't even think of that as a habit. You know, it's like I don't. The mind does not tend to see things to feel grateful for or appreciative of, and then once you start training that to look for those things and to recognize, f- actually feel that, I start to notice it more. So it's like it's like, it's like the half empty, half full thing, and that's actually. Uh, it's a training. It's a training to redirect and notice things. Just as I say with the body, it's like, you can you actually notice, oh, maybe there's some not bad feeling here that I may tend to overlook. So a lot has to do with perception here as well. You are, you are your... Um, you, you do. You're starting to notice more things during the day. You think, oh, that's something I really, you know, I can write about. <laughs> 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 and, um, and also, you know, after... Yeah. I could quite a while, but after, you know...
Which one? The uh, yes. the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, during it, um, uh, I had the experience of unbounded consciousness, mm-hmm. and and then the intermittent thought, "Oh, this is emptiness." Mm-hmm. Is it? Was it? And then there's the kind of is 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 that then a um, a conceiving to think, "Oh, oh I was experiencing emptiness." Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Very and, good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I really want to learn more practices about, you know, how to yeah. experience them. Yeah, yeah, good. So in terms of the practices, we will get to them very, very soon. They're, they're coming. Um, uh, the, 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 let's backtrack, actually. Um, emptiness uh, is not a state, interestingly. Um, it's not a space of consciousness, it's not a state. I would actually say emptiness is an adjective. In other words, um, I say, the self is empty, or um, uh, this thing is empty. It doesn't, like we're saying with Sophie, it doesn't exist independently of my mind, independently of the way I'm looking at it. So emptiness, it's like, emptiness is an adjective that goes with everything. This self is empty. Um, the the time is empty. Um, you are empty. Um, this situation. I'm, I tend to think this situation is terrible. It's awful, or whatever, or it's fantastic. It's actually empty of being inherently that. So we talk about realization of emptiness. In a, in a, even on a very mundane level, I'm in a situation. I think. Oh, let's take the weather. Oh, grey day, oh, miserable, da, da, da. And then maybe I have a sitting and I start to feel a little brightness inside and, and I go outside and I actually see, oh, it's actually quite... I can see the loveliness here. It's empty of being inherently a miserable day. You know? So that's quite mundane, um, but really important because those, those are the kind of places we get trapped. Um, so I can point that towards anything and look at something and see the emptiness of this thing and the emptiness of that thing, inside, outside, selves, others, worlds, states of consciousness, all of that. And as I start to do that, um, the consciousness starts to change. In other words, um, when I see a thing as solid and fixed and independently existing, it, it tends to create a certain consciousness in my mind, that just as the ones we're usually used to, which is quite separate and brittle and contracted, etc. But, but that's what we're used to. As I start to um, more continually start to see this is empty, this is empty, what happens is the consciousness opens up and something like, I mean there's lots of different experiences that one can have, but something like consciousness opening up very wide and becoming unbounded, or feeling unbounded like that, feeling like very empty, very spacious, not much self going on. That's the sort of thing that happens when we're when we're sensing the emptiness of things, but the emptiness is more the adjective rather than that state. Have I confused everyone? So, so the experience of that state is empty rather than it being a state. Of yeah, we we you could talk if, if we're not like loosely, we could just say yeah, it was an experience of emptiness. You could say. Um, more accurately, we could get into trouble, though, than making emptiness a state to get to, which it's not. Um, technically, that state was also empty. You know, um, it is, it, is it akin to a, an experience of letting go? 
because I've had the experiences when I've been quite tight. <laughs> Something's happened. Mm -hmm. I've realised it's insubstantial, and then there's freedom yes, for a good. while. <laughs> yes, yes, very good. It, it, and it does, it feels very spacious. Yeah, very good. So we're going to get to these practices uh, com coming up quite soon, and we'll actually keep the meta going with it, but with them. Um, when I see the emptiness of something, I let go of that thing. So here I am, let's take very mundane, this day, grey, miserable, cold, rainy, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, I start to see, oh, it's not really that way, and something in me uh, lets go and, and opens, and there starts with just a little expansion there. So emptiness brings letting go, and letting go also will take the mind into, into being able to see emptiness more easily, uh, and, and these kind of degree of, of spaciousness comes into the consciousness. <laughs> no? Understand. What's that? It's like understanding emptiness rather than... Yes, exactly. Emptiness is an understanding rather than an experience. For some people... Um, an experience might come first and it might bring an understanding but, but actually it's an understanding and if I, what we're really interested in on this retreat is that understanding not being intellectual but actually making it more meditative so what actually begins to um, see through that understanding, see with that understanding and that starts to open up the experience and bring the letting go that Julia was talking about. I start to see something's insubstantial and naturally I stop, I stop clinging to it. I start to see this thing, this problem that I'm having, or this, this contraction, I start to see it's insubstantial, and I stop reacting to it, because it's like, well, I see there's nothing there. It's not really a... Or, or, well, we're mostly talking about the self on this retreat, but um, when I see the emptiness of something, I see its insubstantiality, I stop, I stop clinging, I let go, and that opens things out. And actually, as things open out, their emptiness, the emptiness... As I let go more and the consciousness opens out, the emptiness of things becomes more obvious. So you get a kind of positive feedback loop. That's what I was trying to say before. You, you understand? So in that state, when you're feeling open like that, uh, if you hang out in it a bit and you start looking at different things, it's like the emptiness begins to be more obvious to you in, in, from that state. You look at... It's like, let's take this thing I keep harping on about the body sense. And you, it, uh, as you let go more, the body starts to feel less substantial and less kind of solid in, in that way, less rigidly defined. That's also it's like the emptiness of the body, or well, the emptiness of the self. When you're deep in the meditation, starts to feel more uh, obvious that this self isn't. It's not so solid. Where is it? It's more open. It's more undefined in that way. Are the, are the, is the practice of jhanas what something that's useful for? Yeah, can you hear that over there? No. No. Um, uh, Someone's asked, is the practice of the jhanas, which is states of deep absorption and samadhi, is that useful for emptiness? I think so, very definitely. So sometimes what you hear in terms of um, these deep uh, states of bliss and, and absorption is that they're irrelevant for insight. But actually, uh, from another perspective, I can't really explain it all right now, but from another perspective, what what you're doing is you're going into states where there's less self and less self and even less self and even less self. So you're accustomizing the consciousness to states of emptiness. It takes a long time seeing it, but um, mostly. But you're also... I'll throw this out now because we'll, we'll start talking about it as the retreat goes on. 
Remember when I was talking about the self-sense in that first talk and the sense of self? So that's something that gets kind of constructed. When we're in like a... um, Let's say I've got this difficult thing going on and I'm really reacting to it. And then all these opinions about myself and all these reactions, and I start to see myself this way. And I say, it always was this way, it always will be this way. And the whole sense of self gets very solidified and very built up painfully. Right? Uh, and that feels a certain way. <laughs> it feels a certain way. And this is why I want you guys to get start getting a feel for it. It's like, oh yeah that's what that kind of self-sense feels like. And other times it's like you're not building all that stuff. Catherine's going to talk about this tomorrow. You're not building all that stuff. And it's like the self-sense feels lighter. And deeper in meditation, whether it's metta or, or jhana, samadhi, or emptiness, or whatever, actually building even less. And the whole thing gets... Uh, it's like, what does it feel like for the self-sense to get even less built, even less built? So the movement in very deep meditation, whether it's metta or samadhi or insight practice, is actually uh, less and less building. Less and less building. Do, do you understand? Less and less... Fa- what well, the Buddha's word is fabrication. We'll go into this again because it's really important. Less and less fabrication. That's the Buddha's word, sankhara. Uh, less and less fabrication. There's something... Uh, I have to be careful because if you get me going on this, I could just. <laughs> um, well, less fabricated, you mean less, less um, thinking, papancha? Uh, papancha is part of it. Um, we'll go into this in, in a lot more detail. Papancha is part of it. Papancha is an extreme state. Does anyone know this word, papancha? Maybe no. not. Papancha, it translates as something like ego proliferation. It's like when you've gone completely nuts with something. <laughs> this thing has got you and you're just obsessing about it and in relation to that thing, a whole big self and all the definitions and all the pain and all the how I am and how I always was and how I always will be and all this and my mother and my grandmother and da-da-da-da-da and all this stuff. And uh, that's papancha. Okay, and this thing, this thing has got huge. This an issue and me and this issue have got huge. That's an extreme state of building. And you can do that less and less and less. But as a, this is the beauty of the, the subtlety of, of meditation when it gets deep, is you start to see there's building going on um, even when we're not think. There's no papancha going on. So papancha is like an extreme state. And even when we're not thinking, there's still building going on. It's very subtle. And unless I find the right ways, this part of the reason for this retreat is unless I find the right ways of working meditatively, I won't begin to see those subtle ways of building. So I just take it all for granted that this is all real, because I don't see that I'm building it. I don't see that it's fabricated. But if I find the right ways of, of unfabricate, of not, not building, I start to see it all dissolve. And I start to understand what I take for granted, what I take to assume that everyone agrees this is all real, I start to see, oh, it's fabricated. And just be, opens up a whole new sense of existence. How does fabrication happen <laughs> if there's no thinking? Do you mean like emotional? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. It happens uh, very briefly uh, through. <laughs> um, it happens through. Um, certainly through the thinking, through the ways we react to things, through clinging and aversion. 
through identification, um, through solidifying things through the perception, like we're saying with, with Jane, not seeing the impermanence of things, happens through the conceiving, happens through just assuming that things are real, that ends up actually solidifying, all, all that stuff. It's a journey to really expose all this, but... And we, we'll, What's that? Isn't that all thinking? No, some of it's way, way more subtle than thinking. Um, thinking is a part of it, certainly. Yeah, we'll we'll get. This is part of what we'll get into on this retreat, certainly. Is that part of dependent. Yes, it's depend. So to say, um, to say, something is fabricated is is to say it's a dependent arising. And what we want to do is understand what that means. We, we'll we'll unfold this uh, to some extent. That was where the level one came in because it's like. You, you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> How many levels are there? How many levels? Uh, <coughs> you really want to know? <laughs> um, I'm not sure yet, actually. Um, um, more than six, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, but a sense that this is a journey of understanding, um, and, and, and there's a lot of depth and subtlety here. But if, if one goes about it in the right way, it's almost like one step just naturally leads to the other. And you st- it's almost like you, st- you start to... Um, it, it, you just start to keep asking questions about reality, um, but beginning to see deeper and deeper into this dependent arising, this fabrication, etc. So there isn't a map of practices? A map of practices. Um, I, it, for myself, I have... I have maps plural, um, but I hold them quite loosely um, in the sense that if you do certain practices, I would expect certain experiences to open up, definitely. Um, but there's range in that, and there's flexibility, and people are different. We'll get maybe a little bit into this. Um, and other people have very rigid maps, which I don't, you know, it doesn't seem to fit. Uh, but certainly, I would expect if you, some of the practices we'll be doing like next week. If you look at things this way, I, I'm going to expect certain experiences to unfold. And I, in a way, I'm just sitting here kind of waiting for you guys to say, oh, this and this is happening, um, or whatever, or I notice this and this. Um, not to put you under pressure. <laughs> but, um, um, uh, that, that's natural, because that's part of dependent arising. I stop doing this, and this stops happening. We'll get into it more. Um, it's something very, very beautiful to, to begin unfolding. So it's very uh, profound and lovely and, and freeing and, and uh, absolutely beautiful. So there are specific practices and we'll learn next week. Yes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kind of quite itchy to know what they are. Itchy to know what they are? Yeah. Um, we will be... Um, well, Catherine will introduce something tomorrow night. And then uh, in, in over the next week, we'll be doing what's called the three characteristics, but in a certain way. So contemplation of impermanence, contemplation of um, letting go, or certain ways of letting go in relationship to things, and contemplation of regarding things as not self. But I'll explain all this. In, in, and they're, they're very powerful ways of relating to things that really um, have the power to open things up. She, well, how are we doing for time? Is it? Um, I mean, it's it's five seventeen according to this clock. I mean, I could go a little longer, but are you, have you guys had enough? Or is this the unanswered question? The unanswered question. Yeah, there is. Um, so Rose, did you? Well, I'll just give them back to Okay. Um, I was having not exactly trouble, but I was having trouble with the neutral person. Mm-hmm. 
it, because I had um, a sit and a walk where it, metal was flowing really well. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting to make any difference whether the neutral person from the friend, because they were all the same. That's what it felt like. But that doesn't sound like a problem at all. No, it's not really a problem. Oh, okay. So I, I kept trying a different neutral person to find... <laughs> to make it more, more difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really tough. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is, this is what... We want. So meta has this... Meta, like emptiness, has a way of equalizing things. That's yeah. what we... You know, the, the idea... You know, there was a story from... It's like the 11th century. I can't remember which Tibetan teacher it was. And um, he said to... A mother, it said, where this is going is that you love everyone like you love your son. And she said, I can't possibly do that. I said, well, that's where it's, that's where it's, so this sense of, you know, that's a really high idea, but you get glimpses of this kind of e- equality. Um, uh, glimpses, you know. So it's, it's, it's however much meta, you can probably have more. Um, but certainly when it equalizes like that, go for it. You know, go for it. Wonderful. And it, there was this feeling of, um, this is changes all the time yeah yeah and that's important everyone's realized that right it's, it's changing all the time and the part of maturity in, in meditation practice maturity on being on retreat is just we're going to get these waves you know and it's just it's okay we expect that and sometimes it goes you know really smoothly and easily and sometimes it's like whoa you know and that's that's just normal and natural and part of the way that consciousness deepens if someone comes in for interviews and they're just rep- reporting this steady, smooth ascent into the celestial realm, you know, <laughs> it, I think this person's not telling me the truth. You know, it's like it's something's not not right there. So we we get used to this, and it's like okay, more more equanimity in relation to the ups and downs. Really part of the maturing coming into practice. Well, uh, yesterday evening I was so stuck. I sat for twenty minutes in a great fuming stew. And then here you are. Okay. So there's one more question. How can one work with conceit? Um, this is a big question. So does I don't know who wrote it. Do, do, do you want to say anything now, or 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 uh, did did it did, was that answered a little bit by what we talked about with the emptiness practices, for instance? Yeah. Um, when we're doing the emptiness, pro- those things that we'll introduce, we're changing the way of looking. I've mentioned this several times. We're, we're deliberately flipping the view of something. And I think it was yesterday I said, 
the problem we have as human beings is we get stuck in, in certain views that are not helpful. We have, we have uh, views, way of looking at a situation, ourselves, others, that are not helpful. Sometimes that just shifts, and you, you feel it shift. When I put meta, and when the meta's going well, I see my view change. I see the view change. And that's, like we said with Sophie, that's pointing to the emptiness of that view. It's not a reality. It's just, it's just what my mind sees, how it sees when the mind is in a certain state. Um, so it begins kind of undermining the authority of that view, something to believe in. Other times you can actually uh, deliberately see it differently. Like you play creatively, uh, play play with the view and just decide to see something differently. And it's like a game of, of, of how you're seeing things differently. Is that enough or...? Not sure. It is for now, you said? Yeah, okay. okay. Um, is there anything that feels pressing for now? Just aware of time. We could have just a little bit of silence before tea. Or, does that feel okay? Yeah, okay. <coughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.